And welcome back to Speaking Out America. I am Jim Watkins. We're here Monday through Friday, brought to you by Get the Tea, our sponsors here on the program. And Chris Chang is joining us from the Second Amendment Foundation. Last week, first of all, welcome to the program again, uh, Chris. It's good to have you back on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I understand, not that this has to do with the Second Amendment, but I guess things are pretty busy. Are you in the Bay Area? Uh, for uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm def- I'm here in San Francisco, so yeah, the uh, the big APEC conference is happening. Uh, yeah, just yeah, about a mile <laughs> mile to the east of me. So, what do they do with all the homeless people? <laughs> well, uh, that's a good question. Move, I mean, I'm I'm yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm staying away from the whole downtown area because it's uh, it's it's going to be a mess. But you know, it's the uh, the first time this huge international conference is you know being held here and. You know, um, it's it's very much revolving around uh, the economy and, and business deals and such. So, you know, hopefully this is good for our country and uh, hopefully it's good for San Francisco, too. Well, I, I think that uh, Biden is hoping, hoping that he'll get a chance to see uh, Jinping. But it sure seems like mm-hmm. the world is kissing the ring of Xi Jinping a little bit lately. And I don't understand why. Uh, Newsom was over there, the governor of California playing basketball and, and cozying up with G and just strange, strange, strange bedfellows. But uh, let, let's talk about the Nashville trans uh, woman who went on a shooting rampage uh, a couple of months ago at that church. I guess her letter, her manifesto uh, made it, it leaked out and now it's everywhere. And she had a lot of ravings and rantings in this letter. But one thing that was picked up uh, that not too many people caught, but now they're starting to say that maybe there's something behind all of this treatment of mental illness, and maybe some of these SSRI inhibitors, drugs that are supposed to calm anxiety, what they're doing is they're making people uh, violent. And this may be why the, uh, the gun, the, those who are against guns, against the Second Amendment, uh, they've been wanting to blame the guns but this new evidence seems to show that the commonality between mass shooters is that most of them are being treated for mental illness. What's your take on all that? Yeah, uh, it's something I've been noticing um, over the past decade in particular as more journalists are picking up on the fact that a lot of these mass shooters are on SSRIs and other other drugs. And, you know, it's, it's one thing. To, so let me make something very clear. I support treatment of mental illness, right? If somebody has a mental health issue, they they shouldn't hesitate, right, to go seek therapy, go see a doctor. But to the point, right, there I think America, we have this tendency to immediately jump to medications and, and oftentimes, you know, dangerous medications that are very strong and, and potent that can literally change who we are. And impact the, the 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 thoughts we have and the decisions that we make. And you know, if you do a you know simple Google search, you can see a lot of journalists who have dug into the medical histories of these past mass shooters. And so many of them are you know not only just being treated for mental illness, but they are on a lot of SSRIs and and other kind of uh, you know drugs as part of their treatment. And so what I'm saying is, you know, for, of course, for some people, medication is great, but right for some part of the population, it, it just seems like, right. It's either the drugs aren't working 
right? Or there need, there should be a maybe a different approach, right, to, to treating their mental illness. And so this tendency for psychiatrists to just sort of medicate all of us because, I don't know, maybe the psychiatrists like, don't want to put in the hard work of yeah. it's actually right, digging this. in. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. the other concern I have is the slippery slope here, Chris Chang, is that if it gets to the point where, let's say, the government decides that it is, in fact, the treatment, the medication that may be causing the violent outburst, is there not a law in the books that says that if you're under any kind of uh, psychotropic drugs, that could prevent you from getting a firearm? Uh, well, so usually, um, it, I mean, it depends, right? If it's under the prescription of a doctor, like that's a, a, a different situation from what I understand. And, but to your point, you know, um, there is this overriding question, right? Of, well, you know, if the gov- if, if, we, if we agree in principle that we should be keeping guns out of the hands of dangerous people, Right, so that that's an e- sort of an easy thing to understand and agree to, right? But of course, the devil's in the details, right? Right, and so just because somebody is on a prescription drug that makes some people make poor decisions, like going out and shooting and killing people, right? That that, that doesn't mean that everybody who's taking that same drug isn't is equally a threat, right? right? We just have to be very careful not to just blanket stereotype people in that manner. But you can, uh, well, I'll say I can clearly see the government, especially anti-gun folks, wanting to go in that direction, right? Yeah. That they're they're willing to violate people's constitutional rights with some illogical, um, you know, conclusion, right? That oh, right, if you take this certain class of drugs, right, you you just can't, you you lose your Second Amendment rights. Yeah. Um. So this is. This is um, right. We we run into a world of treating people or or thinking that they're criminals before they've actually committed any kind of crime, which is basically the whole gun control playbook. Yeah. Right. Is right. to demonize firearms and by extension demonize those of us who are gun owners and penalize us for 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 that just simple reason even though we haven't done anything wrong we are law-abiding citizens you know exercising mm-hmm. our yeah. second amendment right to defend ourselves defend our country and you know so this is something that you know we should keep our eye on because you know i'll, I'll as 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 much confidence as i have in the gun rights side of things the gun control side is very well funded they're very savvy and scrupulous, and I wouldn't doubt that if, if they thought of something like this, that they wouldn't hesitate to at least try or right, implement a yeah. gun control scheme based on, you know, having doctors report, right, who's taking certain medications. Yeah, that's the slippery That would be slope. frightening. Yeah, it would be, because, yeah. you know, one out of three adults, I think, takes some form of antidepressant or anti-anxiety. It, it, it's unbelievable. It's exploded. Um, treating them, uh, you know, like you, I'm all about treating people who have a sickness. But, uh, but it, you know, according to what I've studied and what I've heard, everybody is suffering from something. Uh, mm-hmm. And the doctor has just the right medication for you. So I worry that they would somehow weaponize that, uh, get people lulled into taking these medications. And then, well, guess what? Uh, because there's been so many shootings now from people who are on medication, we think maybe that should be a litmus test as to whether someone should even be entitled to have a gun. 
So that's what yeah, we have and to then, be uh, careful of, I think. In, indeed. And then right, it also creates this, uh, this chilling effect where if somebody is aware that, hey, if I go to see a doctor and if I get uh, diagnosed with you know, anxiety or whatever and get prescribed a certain medication, that I'm going to lose my Second Amendment rights. Yeah. People who know that, then they're not going to go seek treatment. Well, that's right? a and, good point. And, right. Yes. And that's almost just as bad, right? Yeah. Because if someone's not getting treated, well, then, right, that, that they might be putting themselves and their community at risk, right, by, by not yeah. getting treated. So, Well, that's a you conversation know, we is... should be having more of because you're absolutely right. That could deter people from getting help if they think that maybe it's going to put them in a position where some of their rights are taken away because they're deemed mentally unfit or a risk, some sort of an at-risk adult. So very yeah. Good. So I would like to think that I would like to think that the medical community would understand the uh, the grave implications of you know b- b- cozying up with a gun control lobby um, on something like this. And and I think you know HIPAA privacy. I would hope and and just values that the medical community have would prevent something like this from happening. Yeah. Well, Charlie or uh, Chris Chang from uh, Second Amendment Foundation, saf.org. Real pleasure talking to you about this very important. Uh, topic, and we'll look forward to our next get together here on Speaking Out. Thanks, Thanks for having me again. You're welcome. Have a good day.